This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joel Remen, and as usual, my good friend, Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Very good, thank you, pal. Are you well? Are you rough? Yep, all, all the better now the Clarice are staying up. Are you rough? Get in. I only had three beers, mate. Rough. There were three big beers. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, three. You'd be rough. You'd be rough off three big beers. I think I've trained myself enough now. It's that Tesco three, three for a father. I'm on it all the time. I'm on it all the time. That's not going to make me rough. Okay, that made me a little bit jolly. We've we got Tesco's on the pitch sport and the uh, whatever shirt it's company it were again now. Mystery sport. Mystery sport. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but if if you want to get in touch, Tesco, <laughs> and um, and uh, you know, send me loads of free beers, uh, then feel free. Uh, there's the mystery sport that Simon's on about. Of course, we'll get into that later. We we had the reveal last week, um, but yeah, been up too much this week. Then apart from uh, celebrating with the coffee. No, well, I've got my coffee. I've um, just been setting up my, my room for working in and uh, just doing a bit of work in general. That's it. It's all me. What about you? Same, really, apart from setting a room up, just working. Did 50 hours last week. Um, thankfully, it's only 40 hours this week. It would take extra 10 hours off. Um, but, yeah, big, big working week last week. So, um, yeah, I think I'm happy for, to not do it this week. But, anyway, enough of that. Let's get into it then. I'm not going to mess about this week. What One thing I will do before we do get into it is just quickly mention Pitch Sports. Uh, it is, of course, at the bottom of your screen. Now, if you haven't already, please go and download the app. It's available in the Google Play Store and the Android Store. And the App Store, sorry. The Google Play Store and the App Store are available in the UK and Ireland now as well. Um, and is it available in anywhere else? I don't know. Heath, if you're listening, or one of the Canadian Clarets that listens, or the American Clarets, Jimmy, let us know if you can get it on uh, the App Store or in the USA, 
or Australia or, or whatever. Um, but it's definitely available in the UK and Ireland anyway. Um, but right, like I said, no messing about this week. Let's get into it. Fulham nil, Burnley two. The Clarets are officially, mathematically, staying up. What are your thoughts on the game, Simon? The game in general, I, I mentioned it yesterday on the watch along. It's um, there was nothing in there that was sort of like amazing performance. It was, in fact, the stats were were hard to read after the game. I think we had forty nine percent pass completion in that game. Really. And t- to their 75, and I think all that was the lowest uh, since 2009, 49% pass completion. 2009. Won the so, game. Well, That's the stat is, that matters. This is what I'm getting to. So, it was never a case of, let's go and, like, it would just get the job done, weren't it? Let's be fair. And, and that's what we did. And uh, we deserve to stay up overall in the season. Obviously, yeah. the, the table doesn't lie. But I feel like three games left, is the, that's another record, isn't it? No one... All three have never been relegated with yeah. three Big shout out to Johnny Tate for that stat who, who you know who put his put that in the watch along last night. That was Kieran's job last night, but Johnny Tate just blew him out the wall so he weren't even on there. So shout out to Johnny. Uh, Kieran, up your game, pal. But yeah, it's one of them though, isn't it? Where stats can sort of like they can you, you can get a stat to tell any story. And I feel like I presume you got that stat off Sky last night or, mm. or, or or whatever. And Sky were probably trying to tell the story of oh look, Fulham are good, you know, they don't really deserve to go down. Um, at the end of the day, they, they, they've won five games all season. I don't care how many, how much pass completion they had. Um, and a lot of our passes last night, as Lawton proved, were just sensational long balls. And when you're doing a lot of balls like that, long passes, should I say, by the way, that was Lawton, not a long ball. Uh, long passes. Jamie Carragher said it afterwards, because that's the only time I get to actually watch it. He said, if that was Paul Scholes or Gerrard... It'd be sensational, but because it's mainly it's a long ball. But it's, it's right, it's, it's spot on. And that's why our pass completion rate might be a little bit lower because we're attempting these sort of passes all the time. Where's Fulham? We're just fanning around with it in the middle of the park. That pass was like Brady, mate. Prime Brady. And I'm not talking Prime about Brady. Robert. I'm talking about fucking Tom Brady. It there was like a go. quarterback, ball over the top, into the end zone. I know we're not an American sports programme, but... It was that good. It were ridiculous, like you're saying. It were, it, and he's not done that once. He's done that many a time this season. Oh yeah, he's he's been class this season as lot. And yes, he had a poor game against West Ham, but so did a lot of people. And I say the same again. I know I said it on the podcast last week, and I said it on the watch along last night, and I'm going to say it one last time. One Stop it! Time. Stop it! He's had a good season. And he had one bad game, and people were creating memes saying, "Where's Lawton?" and stuff like that. Oh, get him out of his club. Have a day off, lads. Have a day off. He's been fantastic and he was fantastic again last night. Um, Woody, again, with another goal and an absolute sensational goal as well. Rocket into the top bins. Absolute rocket. The only thing I'm not happy with Wood is, drumroll, the the father is getting himself a lot of fucking attention right now and people are going to start coming in and saying, we want Wood because he's, uh, he's absolutely flying. He's doing it in like a late flourish. But the fact that he's now done four seasons of ten goals, is it or more? Is, I think it? I think he's got I think he's got twelve now. You know, I might be wrong, but he scored yeah. ten. He scored his tenth against Wolves. So it's four seasons of I think it is. He's had four or three of ten goals or more. And they were talking about it again on Sky Sports last night, and they're just saying that when you create as little as Burnley do, and you get that many goals, then you are a very good player, basically. And I think yeah. that's my my concern is now that people are clicking on how good he is. Uh, even Burnley fans are clicking it on. That's, it's, that's but, how... but, but it's, it's that's ridiculous that it's taken this. It winds me up. The, the amount of stick as well that he got. That he, he, he again was a little bit poor early in the season, and with some aspects you can kind of understand the criticism because for the first half, the first six months or so, you know, he missed quite a few cities and stuff, and he wasn't the Chris Wood that we know and love. Now he is again. Um, but he's done so well for so long for this football club. And the fact that he still gets people saying that, you know, oh, I'd rather bring Andre Gray back than have Wood. It's just, it's scandalous. And I'm, I'm happy that people have finally started to realise, but I know exactly because of this, the way our fan base is to that type of player, if he starts a season slow again, it'll all be the same again. Everyone will just forget about how good he actually is and it'll just be the same again. I'll get Andre Gray back. Why? Because he, he can run fast. Can't even run fast anymore, probably. He's getting old, but he can't do anything else. He's probably had about three shots on target all season. Chris Wood is head and shoulders better than Andre Gray, and he always has been and always will be. Um, but, but yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, I've been on Leicester shows, and they obviously used to play for Leicester, 
Uh, Leicester are doing very well. Obviously, they're going to finish in the Champions League places by the look of things after um, Everton beating West Ham this weekend. Obviously, Leicester lost against Newcastle, uh, but they needed West Ham uh, to win that to stand any chance of falling out. Um, and obviously, they haven't. Um, but even Leicester fans said they wanted him on. Uh, Leeds fans uh, have said that they'd have him back over Bamford. And, and you, it, the, the news is uh, in the media that Bamford's having a good season. But and he oh, is. Yeah. He scored. He scored a few goals. But, but if you put Chris Wood in that Leeds United side that creates chance after chance after chance after chance, he'd probably be twenty plus by now. Would it, to be fair. Whereas Bamford, he's he's their version of Vidra in a sense. He needs like three or four chances to be able to score a goal. Um, but I'm not slagging Vidra off. He's been he's been absolutely class uh, since coming in. It, it, he's the reason why Wood is doing so well, in my opinion. He's creating all the space and things like that. But it's definitely good to see for Woody. Well, from what from my versions of it, it's like Woody's playing a little bit of a different game now. So he's not just a target man anymore. He's actually running channels. He's actually. Um, trying to get in behind a bit because he knows that, like you said, Vidra is a distraction. He is there to to do another job. Uh, but we've said it time and time again, mate. You you know, when you have Barnes and Wood, are they too similar to play together? We've asked yeah. this question many a time. Barnes on his own with Vidra, Wood on his own with Vidra, or Jay with Vidra. I mean, the the common thing there is Vidra. It's, he, he creates... Exactly. It creates the space. It creates it the space. It, 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 obviously, the first goal... Was partly down to well, mate, a lot of it down to Vidra, partly down to Lawton with the ball, as we've already discussed for the first goal. Um, pings it across. Obviously, I'm not watching normally, I watch it as I'm doing the podcast, but I, we're recording this on Tuesday. So if I get this wrong now, then there's something wrong with our memory. But Lawton pings the ball straight into Vids, and it's again, it's Vids' movement and Vids' running that creates it because he's he's created that run. If that were Wooden Barnes, it'd also be stood there, like you say, like a target man because that's not their game. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's just not their game. So Vidra makes the run, gets round the defender, keeps the ball in, slots it out to Wester, 1-0 Burnley. So the, the proof's in the pudding of what you're just saying there. That decision, that split-second decision has made that goal. Because as as defenders, you know Vidra's going one place and he's going to give it to the man running into the box. That's, that's simple as that. Because he ain't going to get a shot away because the other defenders marked him and got back into a position. That split-second decision, which not many times have I seen any striker do that, in that position, never mind a Burnley striker, where he's decided, you know what, I'm not going to cut it back yet. I'm going to try and take him on, then cut it back. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, it would, individual brilliance, I must admit. And then going into the second goal, mate, again, would, might not have paid off, right? But it's these little ideas that they get into. Yeah. Who, who were it that passed it to Woody? Was it Browner, Westy? I can't remember. Uh, it could have even been Dwight. Um, but then Woody tries to do this weird little Cruyff turn sort of thing and he, he balls it up but thankfully it bounces off the defender and it, uh, uh, who does it who, who does it go to then afterwards Brownhill. it sets him up is that then Brownhill yeah right then then he plays it through and it just it just sets up perfectly for him you do, and that just shows how good he is the fact, and how much confidence he has at the minute if he'd have done oh, well. that in December that would have gone high and wide into Thames and wouldn't have seen that ball again but because it's now it's absolutely sensational top bin keeping it stand a chance you said it to me uh, many a time when he was injured and he was out. You uh, just before them sort of, just before the injury and then last few games. You said to me and the podcast that he is a confidence player. Maybe get him on the bench. Maybe get him a couple of games rest. And then he got an injury. And then I said at the time, you know, I remember Danny Ings when he finished as one of the top goal scorers, if not the top goal scorer at the time in the Premier League for us. Uh, I think he didn't score for the first six or seven games. Then he had four games out and come back and he was flying for the rest of the season. And sometimes you just need to assess it and, and stop. Probably because they're their own harshest critics. They're getting on top of each other, making decisions and cross sort of um, questioning themselves onto what should I do here? Whereas last night was a perfect example of a confident player. He didn't think about it. He's he just in the ball dropping. He's just yeah. leathered it. That's all you need to do. Whereas some might, might they brought it down and slotted past him, might they took it round him. You know, not many people would think, right, I'm just going to leather this in such mm. an important game for us. And I, I, I just it, I just think uh, the amount of times we had to defend him on the podcast earlier this season uh, and seasons before, really. And I'm just, it just, I'm buzzing that we've been, you know, proven right. And he's, he's just, like you say, he is a confidence player, of course he is. I think a lot of them are. But I think Chris would more than a lot of them. I've never seen somebody, when they're bad, be as bad as he can be. But when they're good, be as good as he can be. When he's playing like he is today, I'd have him over pretty much any striker that we've had at the club in the last 10 years. It just, 
especially for the game that we have. A few people would argue probably Danny Ings, and I, uh, that's fair enough. I'd, li- I'd like to see Wood with Danny Ings. That would be absolutely sensational, I think. His, Ings' movement with, with Wood's finishing, that would be sensational. Um, but the fact that people have recently... Like, I, know I've, I know I've referred to it once already. It's not like, say, get rid of him, get Andre Gray in, or, or things like that. It's just a scandalous opinion. That's that's basically what it is. Yeah, no, he's, he's top draw. He's proven it. And uh, I know you said stats can lie, but not four years in a row. No, exactly. That's just consistently doing well, showing your quality. Um, hopefully he gets to 14 again this season um, because he's only two off now. With the form that he's in, I don't think many people would uh, bet against him. He could even break his Premier League record. Um, if there's one honest. game you want him to score against in the next run in, it's Leeds, isn't it? Let's get him. Yeah, yeah. Again. We've got three games left. Get, get him get him scoring against Leeds. Leeds fans don't actually dislike him that much. They did at first when he left. They don't like Charlie Taylor, so I'd like to see Charlie, Charlie Taylor. Charlie Taylor yeah, Charlie Taylor assist, Chris Wadera, bang, made in, made in Leeds, uh, have that. Um, it's one of them though, isn't it? I'm not that fussed about that game anymore because we've stayed up. So, But I'm, I'm working in Leeds, well, in Leeds, from home, in Leeds um, on the day of the game. So that should be fun. Um, but if we get bit of flat, I'm not arse, you know, we're, we're safe. So that'll be fun. Um, but into the second half then, um, a lot of the stats that Sky Sports showed yesterday were all about how we weren't really doing much in the second half and, and blah, blah, blah. But... Again, that's the sort of... Like, I'm not going to say like it's an anti-Burnley narrative and stuff. It's not. I think they were trying to show the narrative. Oh, look, Fulham are trying. You know, Scotty Parker's his great manager and stuff. And he's trying to get them playing football and that. And, and they are trying. Um, but we tuned them up at that point in a game that we have to win to... Well, not have to win. But if we if we win, we, st- we, we are guaranteed safety. They, at this stage now, are 45 minutes left to save their Premier League lives. It's always going to be that. It's always a case of us saying, right, you come to us now and then basically trying to do what they can, trying to pass it around. But they'd, like I said, they fanned around with it on the edge of the box a lot. They fanned around with it in midfield. Not too much creativity, really. I know they hit the bar, um, but there were a lot of crosses and a lot of hopeful punts that Nick Pope and talking that defended. And second half, I just think it were a perfect containment performance more than anything. Yeah, they were... Um, the second half, like you said, it was job done and it's now about defending it. You know what I mean? It's like... It's like in a boxing match. If you go past round eight and you've won all eight rounds, you ain't going to go for the knockout anymore. You're going to box the fight. And, and that's yeah. what that's what they did. Um, they knew they were going to come at us. They were throwing everything at it. I think they created 15 chances in the second half. Um, so we, we, did, did you do the, we did do the job. <laughs> um, ben Mee, Tarkovsky in particular, defensively were brilliant. Yeah, Tarkovsky um, especially. Lad. That 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 uh, what it first five minutes that that tackle from Tarke, that he doesn't make that tackle. That's a completely different game, completely different game. He 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 got he, he's another one that got a few critics against uh, West Ham. The usual stuff of always leaving in the summer. He's not interested anymore. Blah blah blah. That I know I said it on the watch long again, but different people watch the watch long in the podcast and stuff. So I'll say it again. That is not somebody who doesn't care. That tackle shows that he cares. And it's a good job he made that tackle because if he doesn't make that tackle, I'm not sure we're going to win that game. No, I agree. Yeah, good point. If uh, the first goals are more important in games like that, like you said, we we got the first goal and we didn't do much else after that to, to, do, to create a winning game. You know what I mean? We just maintained what we had. And like you said, would Fulham have been able to do that? I don't know, but that's it creates a different atmosphere, doesn't it? And a, and a mindset. Um, but yeah, wait a bit. let's make no bones about it. Burnley in the second half, yes, they did the job. Yes, it was boring. Yes, it was um, sort of unattractive, really. If that was a nil, yeah, nil it, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> we were obviously doing the watch along, we weren't really watching it, we were just, we were just taking piss in. If that was half, a nil, nil game and playing like that, mate, we'd have been, we'd have been crying into his beers, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we did the job and Fulham. You you can dance around with the football all you want, Brighton as well. They're exactly the same. You can do what you want with the football, but if you don't put it in the back of the net, then you're going to get relegated. And Brighton are all, you know, they're worse than us, in my opinion. They might play better football. Brighton are shy. I, I, I don't even buy the fact that they play better football. I don't buy it at all. It's a media narrative that the kids are buying. They don't play better. They're fanny around with you. And they've got some serious no players, man. They've got Adam Lallana, who just won the Premier League title uh, and then moved to Brighton. I know he didn't play every single game, but he played quite a few. And then they've got Danny Welbeck, you know, who's last week showed his quality with that turn well, and, and that turn and shot that he did last week, mate, were incredible. Uh, yeah, so he's still got the talent. 
And then they've got the other... Didn't they spend some mad money on that? I can't pronounce his name now. It's like Yaskalana or whatever it is called up front. Um, and he, he's not quite hit the thing. But same with Fulham. We mentioned it last night on the Watch Along, mate. They, they can preach all they want about good management and good this and good that, but they spent a shitload of money and it's not worked. Yeah, Fulham's best. Spent, what, like 100 million quid when they came up for season... About another 50, 45 million uh, this season, this season that they've just come up in, that they have sent a lot of money. And to to not be able to to beat a club like Burnley in terms of the league table and in terms of the the um the Premier League table, uh, sorry, this season, um, that just says more about you than it does about us, really. We can play in whatever kind of style we want. And if you're gonna if you can't beat us, then that's your problem. But Villa another one, I know this season they've been classed to be fair of Villa, but they've started to fall again recently. But they've spent a lot of money as well. Leeds have come up, they've spent a lot of money. Um, I'm not criticising Leeds. It looks like they're going to get a top 10 finish and they have played some good football this season. But there's all these clubs coming up and spending money. Um, and then they're the ones that are going to criticise our sort of like style of football and stuff. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I like it. I think it keeps us in the Premier League year after year after year. So I don't really know what more we can do with that, really. 33.5 million they spent. Fulham? Apparently so, yeah, but I'm just looking at it now. They bought that these don't make sense that let me just go in a little bit closer. It does say expenditure 23 arrivals. Um at 33. Wow. A lot of them are loans though, aren't they? So I don't know if and I think Fulham spend a lot of money on wages. I know Brighton spend a lot of money on wages. Yeah, well, 33 million allegedly in the 2021 season. Yeah, but obviously they spent 100, 100 and summit million when they came up the other year and they went straight back down. They just keep coming up, coming straight back down, throwing money at it. Even 33 million. Can you imagine what Dash would do with 33 million quid? They brought, Hopefully they spent not signed to Ben Gibson's. 104 million that year that they came up. 104 million. Ridiculous. And they went straight back down. I'd be embarrassed. I wouldn't even sit there preaching about style of football. I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, nah. Um, I'm just looking at some of the... Uh, the players they've said like most of them aren't even there now, mate. Look, let's just put this one into perspective, right? Andre Schurler was signed. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, 20... remember he scored that absolute screamer against us at the turf, didn't he? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. He, he scored a couple of worldies that season, if I remember rightly. Straight off the bat as well. I think it was quite early on. Uh 13 million they spent on it, in which in this today's market is an absolute bargain. He was only 27, by the way, at yeah. the time. What's happened to him then? Why is he so poor? I don't know. Let's have a look where he is now. Andre Schurler. Oh, I'm on wrong season. Bear with me. I pressed back before, so it's reset. Andre Schurler, he has gone to... Where's he at now? Oh, my God, I don't even recognise the kit for a fast... Place of birth, do attack. I can't even tell yet. Oh, he's retired. That's why I was say I can't even find a club. Retired. He's retired. Well, he must have had some injuries then. But anyway... Um, that just goes to show sort of like the revolving door that these sort of clubs can have. And I'll say the sentence that I say time and time again. I remember saying it when I worked at Bradford City to the people that owned the club. Uh, well, not the people, not the owners, like the, the CEO and stuff. Stability breeds success. You can't just have like a revolving door of managers and players and expect to have a constant level of success. The reason why we are where we are is because we've backed Sean Dyche in terms of contract length and stuff, not in terms of money, obviously. We have in the past, um, but even the players that come in, you know, they're still here and stuff. And I think, obviously, the swings and roundabouts with that, because now we're at a part where we haven't invested at all, and we're in a part um, where we, we need to quickly um, get some sort of, like, new blood in and, uh, and stuff like that, because there's some Who's people there? getting old. But you're pulling your face? Who's that, Shirley? Yeah, he retired at Brisha Dorman. Ah, fuck him. Fuck him. Um, but, yeah, anything else you want to add on the Fulham game? No, mate. Job done. Well done, Burnley. Yeah, happy days. And I'll say the same as I said yesterday. There were people, obviously, when when Newcastle won um, against Leicester on Sunday, Saturday night, was it? The people in the Facebook groups were up in arms. Obviously, not everybody, um, but there were some people saying, told you, championship next season. I'm like, you dense motherfucker. We do not have an issue with Newcastle winning. It's the case. Fulham were the only team at this stage we're worried about. And I just it just beggars. But like, I understand people get worried and look over the shoulder. That is fine. But some of the comments I have seen recently has been an absolute disgrace. And I'll always call them out, me. You know what I'm like? Because I just... It, some of the stuff that you see on, on, on the... 
the message boards and um, the Facebook groups, especially, uh, they do tend to be um, the worst, I think, me. But there it is, the table's on your screen now. Um, as Simon said, uh, it is the first time in the history of the Premier League that with three games to go, all three teams have already been relegated. So Fulham are down, West Brom are down, Sheffield United are down. Look at Southampton. They were top of the table in September. Uh, now they are in 17th on 37 points. Obviously, um, as we've established, they can't go down. Uh, then then it's Brighton, then Newcastle, then us on 39 points. We are only two points away from Crystal Palace. And we have probably, I'd say, in my opinion, two very winnable games coming up. Three potentially winnable games. Like Liverpool, yeah, obviously the Liverpool, and they're a very good side. They want to spread it. And I think we could probably do them the turf. Who knows? But I think Leeds and Sheffield United especially, Leeds will be a tough game because obviously they've done really well this season. So I'm expecting, I don't know, am I being too optimistic if I say six points? So that'll put us on to 45 and we can't catch them. Uh, but we, I reckon we'll finish at this rate. And like I said, I know, I know it's always the case if you're only as good as your last game, but last game we were sensational. So now I'm thinking about finishing it top off, um, catching Palace and stuff. So, yeah, it's. I think we're going to look back at the end of the season. We'll be miles away from the relegation zone, probably about, I don't know, what are we now, 10 points? Um, no, we are 12 points now, like 15 points away from the relegation zone at the end of the season. I just wonder why did any of us at any point have any anxiety about it? I didn't have anxiety. You've said this yesterday. Found a bit. I didn't. At one point, I, you, I looked over my shoulder and stuff. Yeah, we had the debate about looking over shoulders. But I never at any point thought we were going down. No chance. There were many a game where you went, oh, I'm not being funny, mate, but if we don't win on Saturday, we're going down. We're going down. And then we're drawing. You're like, right. But if we don't win next Saturday, we're going down. There were many a time I heard I, that. I, I might have said, if we get beat. I don't know. It's I never at any point really thought we were going down. I've always been one of them. Like I said on the watch along last night, there's been two times I've walked away from the turf recently and thought we were down and that were in the season after the Europa League. Obviously, the Boxing Day game, I thought when we got trashed by Everton, I'm like, yeah, there's no way we're staying up. We're down. Eaton came in, saved the season. And I think um, a few weeks before that, we got beat by West Ham at home as well. Or, no, we beat West Ham at home that season. I can't remember. Someone else beat us at home and I walked away thinking, yeah, bloody hell, we're going down. But, I don't think this at any point in this season. I, I was any. I was like, nah, we're definitely going down. I was. I was worried. Don't get me wrong. I looked over my shoulder a lot. I might have even put a picture of a panic button up on the page, but I never at any point thought we are Who's going down. This? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's just it's content. That's, that's how yeah, it works. That's how sorry, it works. Mate. It's content. I have never said it here and gone. I think we're going down. And you might hear it off me next season because next season is going to be a very very tough season. But I'll enjoy my coffee today. I won't get anxiety about next season until tomorrow. Um, but next season, yeah, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. But that's we'll go on to that actually. Like it's a big job this summer, isn't it? Obviously, it'll be interesting to see what Pacey Boy does. Um, he's got a lot of critics as well for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Uh, obviously, it's the leverage buyout and things like that. People aren't particularly happy about it because it's different. Um, but as long as the debt's manageable, that's all. You know, it's all good, really. Um, but we'll see, won't we? The proof will be in the pudding. Um, but big summer coming up. If Tark is leaving, then um, obviously he'll need replacing. Uh, if Pope is leaving, he'll need replacing. Uh, there's going to be rumours now around Chris Wood, as you've said. And obviously now, apparently, Aston Villa are interested in Dwight McNeil. So, fingers crossed. If we lose two of them, it's going to be a tough, tough year next year. If we lose one of them, I think we can bring people in Um and because I don't like I don't like teams like I've just said with like revolving revolving doors. So you've like got a big rebuild and stuff. And you've got to bring like ten new players in and like four of them are first teamers. You know what I mean? And I think when you do stuff like that, it's um, it's not good for the team. Um, so fingers crossed we can keep hold of most of them. I think the one I'm most resigned to is Tarke, just because it's been going on for so long more than anything. Um, but what do you think about this summer and next season then? Yeah, I mean, you've got to build on success, not necessarily, you know, and a lot of clubs will be replacing it, getting out of, you know, investing by using assets and selling them and things like that. And I think we are not a, a rich vein where we have a a good enough squad to sell the assets and then rebuild. I think we need to build on the assets. So yeah. keep talking for that year. Let him ride his contract out because you're going to get 20 million from now at a top end, right? Because he's only got a year left. Um, what is our survival in the Premier League worth? It's worth more than 20 million for us. So 
what's the point in selling him? Keep hold of him. Take a 20 million loss. It's not ideal, but we will get relegated. Like you said, <clears throat> if two or three of these players go, and he's one of the main ones. Yeah, I think for me, the main ones are him, Woody and Popey. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, no one can argue that. And um, Pope's obviously linked with Spurs. I spoke to a Spurs fan the other day who's from London. He will pay for an haircut. And um, I mean, I asked him, I said, can I ask you your opinion? Like, what is it? Do you like Lloris? Because obviously, as a Burnley fan, we're hearing Pope's linked with Spurs. We are not taking it that seriously because you've got fucking a World Cup winning goalkeeper. And he, he hates him. He said, no, Lloris is riding. He's getting away with murder because he's won a World Cup. He says, yeah. uh, I don't pop all day long. So they. It, who knows, mate? Maybe we're uh, maybe we are going to be in threat of losing someone like Nick Pope, but I hope not. Yeah, I think the Nick Pope thing reminds me last season of Sheffield United. Obviously, they had um, Anderson from Man United, and mm. he is you know as much as we argue about whether he's better than Pope or not, it's a different season. debate. He was fantastic last season. Yeah. Now he's broken into the Man United side. It just proves how good he actually is. He's a fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah. They brought Ramsdale in, who have. have <laughs> I rated at Bournemouth, but I think he's he's shown that he's miles away from Henderson. He, I think that's what he's shown this season. He's, he's not as good as Henderson. Um, and I think they've lost a lot of points because of the change of goalkeeper. Enforced change of goalkeeper, to be fair. So let's not give them criticism for that. But I, that's what worries me about Pope. I feel like if we get rid of Pope, like you say, he's a keeper that you can hang your hat on. Um, I, I wouldn't. I don't want to slag Bailey off or anything. He's done all right when he's come in, but I wouldn't be comfortable with him coming in straight away. So I'd want somebody like a, you know, a Johnston from West Brom or whatever. Apparently, we are linked with Ramsdale. I wouldn't want him. I don't want Ramsdale. Um, who's the uh, the keeper at Newcastle United? The English you one. Him, Darlow. He's good. That's why I'm saying him. He's good. Um, I'd have that. Ariola as well. I'd have Nipple from Fulham. I'd, I'd have him. He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Yeah, he's, he's, I'd have him over Ramsdale. I wouldn't have I him over, have over Bailey. Uh, I don't. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They're probably at a similar level, to be fair. Them yeah, two. I want, um, I want to spend uh, money on him when I've got Baylor. Johnson or Darlow for me. Yeah, Johnson. I'd take Darlow as well. I'll let you have that one. But Johnson is, I've said it for two or three seasons, he's a, a quality, quality keeper. Uh, and he's not, do you know what I mean, though, mate? He's come from a, a good pedigree. He's come from United, where they've produced keepers that not necessarily broke into a first team, but you'd have had a Ben Foster, you've had Tommy, and you've had Johnson, you've had. Dick Henderson, you know, these keepers have come through at a time where Man United were throwing money at like massive keepers, you know, big keeper yeah. names. So he, he is quality and De Gea, he's not going to push De Gea out Johnson five years ago when he was trying to break through. So, he, you know, he's quality. Uh, I'll take him yeah. all day. I think Henderson, I think uh, as good as Henderson is, I think he's also broke through at the right time because yeah, the game's okay. changing now. Um, whereas, like you say, your Heatons, your Fosters, your Johnstons, you weren't pushing their keepers out at that point. Um, he's, I think he's good enough to play for Man United. Is Anderson that? But that's not. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But he's, he's come through at the right time because I think Eaton had been good enough to play for Man United. Potentially Johnson as well. Um, so still yeah. Well, the, well, you might let the cat out of the bag there, mate. Well, hey, well, never know. You never know. Um, but also, so uh, we've touched on Tarki. We've touched on Pope. Um, we're not going to talk about Gorky. Um, I just wanted to say it. That's, what, that's all the reason why I've done that. Um, Dwight McNeil, rumours, 15 million quid to Villa. Are you worried about that one? I'm not too worried about that one. I'm not worried. I don't think we'd sell for 15 million. I think that we are... We were stubborn enough to keep hold of our players when we had no money. If these new owners have money uh, and want to invest in this club, I don't think they would sell for cheap. And cheap, 15 million is cheap. If they start offering 25 million, I said it yesterday, I, I'd start looking seriously at them offers but not 15 million yeah i think it's got i don't know how much how long he's getting on his long uh, his contract as um dwight um but for me i think it's gonna be minimum 30 because he's just got so much um also word potential i think if you if you if you if you're going off the player now then yeah around 20 25 million because he's not as good as he's been in the last few seasons he's only had a a few good games really this season, but when he's played well, we have really, really ticked. Um, so you can see how important he is to us when he plays well. So I wouldn't really want to lose him, but I think minimum 30 for me, but I'm going off the potential of the player that he can be. We'd never get rather him. Rather than the player that he is. But if we got like a swap for McGinn, I'd take that. He's a quality yeah, McGinn, player. McGinn's McGinn. decent. I think McGinn's the engine room of that out. team. Yeah, he's yeah. in and out at the 
the minute. But he's um, when he's playing, he's fucking brilliant. I don't know. What he's yeah, doing I think. I th- yeah, the problem with McGinn is, is he has a lot of injuries. I think that's probably but, why I wouldn't have him for swap for Dwight. But if I could have a fit McGinn, then then yeah, he's the engine. He 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 does all the hard work while Grealish just does all twirls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You can't have um. We, we meet, mate. Me and you've mentioned this many times. We're about to court David Jones, etc. You can't have a team full of Grealishers. He ain't going to do no. You got to yeah. have. Uh, you, you need a David have, Jones. You, you can't have a team full of Dwight McNeils. You've got to have a Jack Cork and a and a like. It's got to be. But McGinn, like you said, he is an engine, but he's an exciting player. He's good to watch. He, he drives at him. He's. I, I believe we were linked with him before, but I'd, t- I'd definitely take him. Yeah, um, Chris Wood. There's not been many rumors about him, though, has there? But like we've, we have mentioned it already. Um, no, he, he's, playing, he's playing. Yeah, he's playing well enough now to potentially. But I can't see him going to a big six club. But again, Leeds could come back for him. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't think they would do. But him in that lead side, I think it would be absolutely lethal. Um, Villa, someone like that. Um, obviously, like, like I said, even Leicester, I know Leicester fans have said they'd have him for backup, but whether he goes somewhere for backup when he's playing week in, week out is a different debate. But I, I'm not too worried about Woody. I think he's, it's it's happened so late in the season that it potentially wouldn't have generated enough interest to maybe start a bid unless someone starts panicking or, you know, the domino effect if someone goes somewhere, for I example. I think he'd get in a Leicester squad, though. And they've got a Champions League, so they're going to play two squads. But I think he'd get in a Leicester squad because they've only got any actual and Vardy. Um, yeah. So, if... It depends what I don't think he'd get in ahead of them two at the minute because Vardy's Vardy. But I think Vardy's Vardy and Ian Atchow's playing very, very well. But... It's one of them. Ian Atchell's only just come in and started playing well. As he, like, like we said earlier, I think it. I don't know if it were on the podcast or just in general chit chat. They've had him on the bench for like the last two years doing nothing, and all of a sudden they've unleashed him, and he's absolutely insane. So I don't think he'd get above any of them. But if he, if if he went there now and in in two years, he'd probably be ahead of, ahead of Vardy because he is knocking on a bit. Is Vardy? I think I don't know his exact age, but he seems to have been around for ages. But like you say, they are going to be in the Champions League, so he's going to play either in the Prem or or in the Champions League. Uh, if not in the Carabao Cup, but um, I don't know. I, I think you'll get in a, a Leicester, I think West Ham or something like that. I don't know. I, I'm not too worried about him simply because it's so late in the season and there's not really many rumours. It's just us two now saying, oh yeah, he's playing well enough to potentially get a move, but there's not, not really any rumours about it. No, hopefully not, mate. But uh, you know what? If he got a move, we couldn't, Burnley fans would be gutted and I'd I'd like to sort of say like, well, he's fucking, he's not been played any differently for four years now, and you've only just started to sort of twig with it. He, um, he does deserve to be getting mentioned, like you said, Dwight McNeil getting mentioned, uh, Nick Port gets mentioned, and Tarky gets mentioned. So I do think Chris Wood's in that category for me. Yeah, and obviously the important one. I know we've discussed it already. Um, Dash and the Palace. Rumours. There's been a few rumours of Palace, I can't remember his name now, going for somebody else, but I'm not sure, obviously, what the latest is with that. Um, he's the main one in it, obviously. Um, we, we have to keep hold of him. Um, hopefully we can. We've discussed it on the podcast already, but whether he's there or whether he's not, fingers crossed he is, um, it's, it's a big summer ahead. And I have slight anxiety about this summer because of how much we have to actually, actually do this summer. I'm worried about Dash more than anyone else really because like you said he is the glue that holds it all together whether and like Chris Wood said yesterday on his interview he doesn't necessarily concentrate too much on tactics it's more working them hard and that group of players that might not necessarily be good enough if they didn't have the fire up their arse so to speak you never know Uh, not not as an 11 anyway Um, but he's the biggest worry now there's two sides to this in my mind now there's a positive of they know Hodgson's going Burnley, obviously, worried about Dash leaving. Would they have already come in and knocked on the door and said, we're interested? Would we have heard a more substantial rumour other than, is he going to go? Right over, do you know what I mean? So that's the thing in my mind, that thinking they probably would have made a move by now if they're going to be seriously thinking about taking him. I think they probably would have made a move. The, or, the, yeah, they, they would have approached, there would have been agent talk or approaches yeah. towards Burnley, definitely, but... But then um, the other side some of clubs it, are decent. Yeah, some clubs are decent at keeping that under wraps. But the other side of me is we're safe now. Is it now the right time and etiquette for someone like Dash to say, "I've done it now"? Do you know what I mean? 
I've done you the job. I've kept you up, and now that now Palace can come and knock on my door, so to speak. So that that's the thing. Now it's. It, I think this is the next two weeks. If we don't hear anything, then I, I'm confident we'll keep him. But I think in the next two weeks, if it's a serious rumor, now we are safe. I think the cogs will start turning and the wheels will start turning. Yeah, obviously, fingers crossed that don't happen. Um, if I were Alan Pace now, I'd get my beautiful grey and black beard and walk in the room and be like, howdy, there's your new contract. And just get it on the table. He's already on stacks, by the way, from what? I know like, he is. Give him on more stacks. He deserves it. I think he's 75 grand a week, is he? I don't know how, how true that is. But he's, the most, manager. He's, he's the most paid person at Burnley Football Club, the highest paid, should I say, person at Burnley Football Club. And that's just not normal. Like, you wouldn't... He is the star, though, isn't he? Like, let's be honest. Like, we don't. Most people have, most teams, sorry, will have a star player. We have a star manager for us, anyway. At Leeds are probably a similar sense. Their manager's the star, um, but I think it's same for us as well. And I think if, let's be honest, if he goes, then um, the summer's even big. If he goes, Tarky probably follows him, not necessarily to the same club but out the door, because um, you know it's going to be a very difficult season and players don't want to be uh, around that. So if I were Alan Pace now, I'd walk in there, I'd maybe it's the, the other side of it. This could be a thing now, maybe the etiquette part of it. Just thinking out loud here. Uh, that's why you suddenly heard a change in tone of voice and everything. Uh, everybody, uh, maybe the etiquette now is now that we are safe. Alan and Sean can start discussing new contracts. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm on a, a website called I can't tell you what it's called. It's somebody's Sportex. transfer market buying. Oh, no. um, I've heard of it. I think, and it's got basically a bit of the, the managerial salary. Now, I don't know how correct this is because it says Sean Dash is on fifty grand a week. So, and his contract's up in 2022, it says. So, the only, we think he's on stacks, but the only managers underneath him are Villa, Brighton, Southampton, West Brom and Sheffield United, and two of them have been relegated. Um, Then, just to put it into context, Crystal Palace, allegedly on this, so we're 50 grand a week, are paying Roy Hodgson £93,000 a week. Allegedly. Allegedly. Go to that website. So yeah, well, obviously we already, we already know, yeah, well, we already know that obviously he's on stacks for us, but I, I think it is more than that. I, I do think I've I been think told somewhere that. before it's 75. Um, and that was, that. yeah, it's, it must be something in it if we both heard it. Yeah, I think, um, that. I think because he, he's watched what I when he stayed up a few seasons ago, promoted the championship, um, or or whatever it was. Um, we paid. We we got him a watch, and the watch was like one with one week's wage or something. I remember a big story in like a, a newspaper of how expensive this watch is, and it was like, like I said, one week's wage, and it was seventy five grand, and it was the most expensive watch out of all the managers, and it was a gift from the club. Um, but I think going back to what you just said, it, we all know that we don't pay as much as everyone else in the Premier League. To be fair, so I don't think that's a massive shock, but it's interesting. I've gone on another website, mate, and it's got the exact same order. Sean Dash, 15th highest paid Premier League. Scott Parker's on 73. And it says that Scott Sean Dash is, It says that Sean Dash here is on um as could be it's a apparently salary is 2.4, but the Lancashire Telegraph have previously reported it could be three and a half million. Yeah, so that the three and a half million is probably order. the 75, isn't it? Yeah, but it's in the same I reckon it's three 75 if you keep us up. So yeah, they'll, they'll put the bonus be rather than so it'll be on fifty grand a week regardless. You stay up, you get an extra one, one and a half million in your packet. Oh, he's he's laughing today. You think I'm rough? He'll he'll have woken up like hangover in the middle of a New York apartment or whatever, a tiger in bathroom. Yeah, you know he fucking in deserves. Northamptonshire. Of course he fucking does. Of course he yeah. does. Another year, another year. He can have what he wants. He can have my house, Sean. Yours, mate. It's only like a week's wage to you probably, but you can have it. Um, anyway. Um, Leeds up next this weekend um, good side Leeds this season they play um, a high intensity sort of game good press probably quite suspect at the back and quite suspect to um, set pieces and stuff really so we, we could say the same as I said when we went to Ellen Road um, we could be in for sort of like a, a decent game against these um, if it weren't for the referee at Ellen Road we would have got a point minimum I still stand by the fact that I still stand by the fact that that's not a penalty, that Nick Pope challenge. And I know a lot of people disagreed with me, and that's fair enough, especially at work, obviously. Um, but a lot of people disagreed with me. But the the Meslier thing, or however you pronounce it, knee and Ashley Barnes in the back, or 
or was it Woodhead? I can't remember. Somebody, he needs somebody in the back. And then Barnes has slotted it into the net. I think Barnes scored the goal. Oh, and Barnes has yeah. slotted it into the net. Uh, and then he gave Leeds a free kick. What's all that about? Absolute disgrace. Which minimum, we should have had a point from that game. Um, at the time, I was very annoyed. We've stayed up now, so I'm not too bothered. Um, but going into this game, I'm not one of these that has this weird hatred towards Leeds because I think our generation don't. I think it's the older generation. I like to see them lose. Just it's funny at work. I don't hate them though. Honestly, I don't. I like to give them a bit of a shit. Maybe so I've got is it you hate Leeds fans? Yeah, I don't know. It's Liverpool. That's Liverpool. That's Liverpool. I hate Liverpool fans, but I don't mind Liverpool the club. Leeds Leeds fans. I, I, I don't like them. I won't say I hate them. Um, I just don't like fans fan bases that have delusions of grandeur. You know what I mean? And Leeds yeah. probably have quite big delusions of grandeur. Um, Villa at same, but the fans I hate the most is Liverpool, and I put that on record. I don't give a shit. Um, but anyway, Leeds is going to be a tough one um, at the turf. I think we can beat them, though. Um, what are your thoughts on this game coming up? Yeah, different. It'd be interesting to see how we play now with the pressure off. Uh, you know, we've seen it with relegated sides. They certainly suddenly, sorry, start playing a different game and start winning and picking up points when the pressure's off. So I'm excited to see. If we go that way, or have we got one foot on the beach, as the uh, phrase yeah, is? As, as wolves clearly do. Yeah. So let, let's see how we turn up. If we play the way we can, that sort of passing, moving, not too sort of scared to have a go at them, I know they're going to come at us, and we, we've got enough capability to deal with that, then I'd say we could... It, I'd say 2-1, because I can't see them not scoring to Burnley. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm going... If we're on the beach, 3-0 Leeds. Yeah. But Leeds should be on the beach, but Bielsa don't really allow that, does oh, he, to be fair? Really and I, I wouldn't... Th- Dash, as a character, you wouldn't think allow it, but I, I always remember the um, Europa League season when we finished seventh, and after that, we were shite. Absolutely terrible. Got beat against Bournemouth on the last eight season. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. It depends which Burnley turns up. If we're on the beach, it's going to be a tough game against a high-intensity side that won't give you any rest on the ball. If we play the way we can play, I don't know. I, th- I think we can keep them out. I'm not a massive fan of Bamford. I, I, I know he's had a lot of plaudits this season. Um, but I, I just feel if Leeds had a better striker, they'd be so much better. They just, they're just they a, a mid-table side now, which is fine because it came up last season. But I think if they had a decent striker... They could have done a, a Sheffield United last season. Yeah, they've got the, uh, they've got Bamford, and you know what? That's off to him. He's doing well, and, and I'm probably doing him a disservice saying if they had a decent striker. In my opinion, I think they've got a decent striker, but I know what you're saying. If they had a, you know, like a top end, if, like they, had a, Chris, if they had a, if they had a top end like a Chris Wood, yeah, I get it. Um, then fair enough. I think the problem with, I don't know. Like, yeah, I agree with you, mate. I think the problem with Leeds is. They do work the players very, very hard. And if you are a top draw player, you often don't need to work as hard as yeah. the Leeds players work. And whether a top end player would work as well in a Leeds squad is what I'm trying to say. Maybe not because they, they can spit the dummies out. Let's be let's be fair. Similar sort of vibe to us, then, is it really? Obviously, they play a higher intensity, but um, we, as Woody said on the interview last night with Sky Sports, as you've already alluded to. Um, we just work hard and potentially, like you say, if, if there's a, a superstar in the side, then there's some squirrels fighting in the garden, by the way. Um, but if there's some superstars in, in, in the side, then maybe it wouldn't work as well. No, it's a, the old saying, it, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. There you go. Are you listening, Obama Yang? Ozil, are you listening? There you go. That's all, that is Arsenal's problem, by the way. Um, I think you've you, get Arteta on the phone. Tell him to tell him what you've just said, and I think I think think you'll hit the nail on the head. Um, so that's it then, really. The Clarets are staying up. We've got Leeds up next. Anything you want to add? No, mate. All good. Thank you very much. Happy days. Obviously, the banner has changed at the bottom of your screen. If you didn't watch the vodcast last week, we announced a new sort of like partnership with Mystery Sports. Uh, they are one of these companies that sends out mystery sport boxes, so you'll pay. Um, at a certain amount, I think it's 30 quid, um, 35 quid or something like that for a box. Um, and then they send you a mystery shirt. You don't know what shirt's coming, but you can obviously tick shirts that you don't want. So obviously nobody listening to this wants a Blackburn shirt. So you'll tick, I don't want Blackburn. And you can even say, I don't want anyone from England, obviously, because you don't want any shirt from England, really, because no one's going to wear that. Um, and then you can get any shirt in the world, really. Um, you got Sevilla last week, Sevilla. 
I got a Macedonian first league team. I can't remember the name. Um, so it can go either way, really. You um, yeah. Where's your box? I've not. I didn't play this weekend. I was oh. working. I didn't play. I um. Oh, it's Lizzie's birthday this weekend, so I'm probably not playing again. Um. So we'll we'll see. Um. I'll, I'll wear it when next time I'm at the leisure box. Mark Howarth, I think, has bought one. Eh? I don't know what he's got yet. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's got it yet. Yeah, I was going to say Mark Howarth has bought one, um, and it, I, I did tell him to let us know. So thank you for that, Mark Howarth. Uh, the code has been used, uh, so that brings us on nicely to the fact that if you use the code Turfcast at mysterysport.com, then you will get 10% off your Mystery Sport box. So that's a nice £3, if it's 30 quid, £3.50. Um, if it's 35 quid, I think. I don't know, my maths isn't the best. Um, Fucking terrible. But, well, what is it then? If it's 35 quid. 35 quid, £3.50. The fact you're questioning it is, is baffling. Oh, there you go. Um, so I was right, though. I should just, I should just back myself. I knew it was three quid if it was 30 quid, but then I thought, as soon as I said that, for some reason, it, it, didn't, it didn't click. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you do get one of the shirts, let us know. We unboxed it live on the podcast last week. We will be clipping it up and put it on our socials. Um, so you can see my reaction to the, the Macedonian League One shirt, which is a, a stunner. It's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. Uh, I think Simon def definitely got the better end of the deal, though. Um, have you worn yours since? Only for bed. Only for bed. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, you can get any shirt. You could get you could get that green Barcelona shirt. You could get a yellow Barcelona shirt. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah. if you want one of them, if I play footy, I wear. It. In fact, I go out on my bike, but I ain't been out because the weather's been terrible. But I, I'll definitely wear it when I go out on my bike and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. I've not been out for a run for a while either, because like you said, the weather's been terrible. We've been pissing it down on thunder and lightning yesterday. But anyway, that's it for this week's Turfcast podcast. Um, we've had a fan reaction sent in from Heath uh, at New Zealand. Apologies, Heath, if you're listening to this and you're wondering where your fan reaction is. We've recorded this so early this week um, that we've not been able to put them in, but we will use a separate video if we get one more sent in. So um, if not, thanks anyway, Heath. Uh, Heath has sent us some videos that we will be putting up. Um, if you don't watch that, then we'll see you for the watch along on Saturday if someone's available, because I'm not, Simon. But anyway, we'll discuss that off air. Um, but um, thank you for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time. Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.